the peeps. Hope this finds you absolutely excellent. I'm Evan Britton. This is the Evan Flow Podcast. Stoked to be here with all of you. Got a great episode lined up for you guys today. This is another solo episode, which it was an interesting experience recording this episode. I came in thinking I was going to do a book review, then felt like that was too much, then was going to do a guided meditation, until finally I decided I was just going to sit down and see what came through. It started with a reading from Rick Rubin's new book, and it just spiraled out from there. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I think you'll get a lot out of it. These are revealing themselves to be my favorite episodes where I just sit down and see what comes through. I hope you enjoy those as well. And I think you will. Um, This episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast is brought to you by our family over at Quicksilver Scientific. As you may or may not know, if you know me, you know this podcast, you know how much I love Quicksilver Scientific. My brother, Dr. Chris Shade, is an absolute wizard. These products are some of the best on the planet when it comes to cognitive function, immune support, gut health, all everything you can imagine. Adaptogens, ancient roots and herbs that have been optimized through a nanotechnology using liposomal delivery. I can't say enough about it. Um, The One is my absolute favorite product. You've got Longevity Elite. These are loaded with powerful ginseng, astragalus, ashwagandha, all the good stuff that you need to maintain total body functioning at the highest level. Quicksilver Scientific has got you covered. Use code EBBINFLOW, hit the link in the show notes, get yourself a discount on your next order of those magnificent products. Also, this episode brought to you by our friends, our family over at NewFit. NewFit is a state-of-the-art technology. It is great for healing injuries, recovering faster, great for cultivating greater muscle strength and quicker recovery times. This is something like what I knew to be a stim machine in the NFL. We had these in the, in the locker room. Um, I will have Garrett, the founder of new fit on the podcast soon. So we could really do a deep dive on this technology. Uh, but it takes that, that, basic stim machine function and it just expands on it uh, exponentially to create a truly state-of-the-art technology that helps you recover faster and build greater strength. Um, highly, highly recommend checking them out. If you're a, a medical practitioner, a physical therapist, this is definitely a unit that you are going to want to add to your repertoire. Hit the link in the show notes. It, it It's all there. Uh, all the information you'll need. You can schedule a call with those guys to talk about it, get a more in-depth view of what new fit is and what it can offer you in your practice, whether you're run a healing center or you're just an individual who is looking to totally change the game for yourself. Check that out. Link is in the show notes. Um, Finally, coming soon will be an episode with my brother Stephen Smith, founder of Onda. Onda is some of the best CBD around. It comes from regenerative, uh, regenerative farmed hemp. This product, Adios Anxiety, it's a fantastic tincture, great for calming the nervous system. I'm telling you, it works. The ingredients are land-to-market, verified, organic CBD, hemp-infused in organic MCT oil, organic MCT oil, ashwagandha, lemon balm, peppermint, tulsi, 
go to cola skull cap passion flower lavender i mean i can't say enough good things about this check it out use code ebb and flow head over to ondawellness.com for more all of their products are fantastic it's pure it's rich it's potent it works check it out and that's about it folks enjoy this episode ah before i forget we do have the heal and flow event my event in lake stevens washington august 12 and 13 super stoked about that you can head to my website the link for this is also in the show notes to get more information we're talking about yoga breath work ice tubs the best food you can possibly imagine, the best products on the planet. This is a place to meet people who are on the path, who you will connect with on many levels, meet new friends for life, tap into your tribe, basic tools, basic practices brought to you in a super fun and exciting environment. It's always a good time. Would love to see you there. Head to my website in the events section. That link is in the show notes as well. Check it out. You can register. Would love to see you guys there. June 19th to the 24th, we've got the Be Here Farm and Nature event on the Snake River and on the Idaho-Oregon border. That's basically a white water river rafting experience. I'll be there teaching yoga, doing the ebb and flow. There's a handful of super stellar practitioners, facilitators. Um, so that as well, you can get more information on that and the, the events link in the show notes. Check that out. Would love to see you guys there. Other than that, always be on the lookout for more live ebb and flow events that are happening. I'm doing these more and more often. The next one, June 3rd and 4th. There's a Sunday, a Saturday session and a Sunday session. Saturday, June 3rd, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Sunday, June 4th, 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can come to one. You can come to both. Check it out. That's a great experience as well. We're doing breath work, yoga, guided meditation. It's 90 minutes together, followed up by Q&A. It's a great time. We're building a super powerful community. And it's uh, about it, y'all. Lots of love to you guys. Enjoy this episode. If you like it, please rate and review the podcast. Share it with a friend. That's about as much as I can ask for. Lots of love to all of you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. Hey everybody, welcome to the ebb and flow podcast. I'm Evan Britton. It's excellent to be here with all of you. Got a solo pod today. My brother Noah brought this book. It is The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin, his new book. And he offered this when he showed up today. If we can tune into the idea of making things and sharing them without being attached to the outcome, the work is more likely to arrive in its truest form. It's a good, it's an incredible idea. He almost has it in poem. 
here. Rick Rubin, lifetime yogi, spiritualist, meditator, practitioner, also mega, mega successful producer, music producers, done it, produced music for the greatest musicians in the history of the world made hit after hit and the idea that he this is a fun this is a fundamental portion of his philosophy is so cool to me and it's it's reflective of the success that he's experienced comes straight from the Bhagavad Gita honestly which I'm sure he's familiar with and this idea of we are only entitled to our work and we're not entitled to the fruits of our our work the fruits of our actions negative or positive. And when we can release ourselves from that, it allows us the opportunity to be in our purpose, be more fully in our dharma, our life's work. Because we're not attached to some egocentric idea about what it needs to be, how it needs to be received, what other people think about it. It's the thing that just moves through you, whether you want it to or not, whether you're interested in doing that or not. It's the thing that energetically you feel it inside of you and there's nowhere to go until you do that thing. You take that action, you create that piece of art. And as an artist, it's a super powerful dance to engage in, especially as an artist. We can definitely get in the Western capitalistic materialist paradigm, which is a fantastic paradigm, mind you. It's afforded Rick Rubin the opportunity to be able to write a book like this, producing music, making money, being successful, being entrepreneurial, starting something from the ground up like he's done with, I believe he was involved with Def Jam early on and all of that, that entire early hip hop world especially on the east coast so as an artist to be able to remove yourself from the idea of what it's got to be how it's got to look and simply because initially think about this if you're doing anything with the agenda of being celebrated or being successful you're a young filmmaker, you're a young writer, you're a young artist, and your only idea about producing a piece of art is completely immersed in people loving it, it's going to be rough because there's inevitably there will be people who don't like it for whatever reason. And the beauty is that when you create something that is polarizing, that people both love and resonate with, as well as completely reject and hate, you've probably created something that is really true and authentic and genuine. And that's a really powerful thing to place to move from as an artist. There's this place where you're completely free, unattached to the outcome, how it's received, and you're simply creating the work for the sake of the work. Today's episode was actually supposed to be a guided meditation, but I feel as though I feel compelled to coming out of this short little reading here to talk about some things that I've definitely experienced over the last year. And it was highlighted in this book I recently read, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. It's sitting right over there on my bookshelf. And in that book, maybe you've, you're familiar with Michael Singer's work. Perhaps you're, you're not so familiar with it. He's written a, a handful of absolutely um, fundamental spiritual stories about that have taken place and that are his life, his life journey. Untethered Soul, this one, The Surrender Experiment. And this book really details his coming into meditation how he found meditation. He was sitting in this house that he lived in with his wife. He was 21, 22 years old, going to the University of Florida in Gainesville, studying economics, getting his PhD in economics. Very much doing the straight line path that his family had hoped for him. 
doing that. And he found himself sitting on the couch in conversation with a good friend of his one day. And all of a sudden, he was awestruck by this voice inside of his head that was desperately trying to fill the awkward silence. If you want to get another one, they're up there, dude. Be good. He became hyper aware of this voice inside of his head that was desperately trying to fill the awkward silence in the in the room. And he just sat there and he witnessed it for a moment and he he looked at it and he felt it and he heard it and he watched as he his his body his mind desperately wanted to say the thing to fill the silence. And then all that all that was able to come out of his mouth was he said to his friend, "Have you ever noticed that voice that is constantly trying to fill the awkward silence?" And his friend said, yeah, I have noticed that voice. And he said he went on from that moment for the next month or so, maybe a little shorter than that. For the next month, he was walking around, going to his classes, doing his thing. And he was just watching this voice. It was just constantly running. This this programming that was on autopilot, that was just circulating, trying to fill all the moments, attaching itself, identifying everything analyzing, diagnosing, judging, denying, all the stuff, all the things that that voice does. And somewhere along there in his observation of it, while observing it, slowly and gently recognizing all the ways in which he relates to himself and the world around him. And he found this book on meditation. It was a book on Buddhist meditation, I believe. And it gave him this one meditation practice and he just started doing it. And he started doing it every single day. He started tapping in and dropping in and centering himself and going deep into his meditation and his yoga practice. And he watched as his life just started to completely transfer, transform from the inside out. His marriage came to an end pretty quickly after that. She wanted to go. She felt pulled to go and live some life outside of their the thing that they had created, he felt he was feeling very disillusioned and disconnected and didn't really know how to relate to anybody anymore. But he just kept following this thing and he ended up taking a road trip into Mexico where he was doing yoga for days and nights on a hilltop out of his living out of his van. And little by little, just seeing these these miracles of life unfold around him. And he's down in Mexico. This is probably in the 70s by himself living out of his van and he would li- he would pull off the side of the road and live out of his van and just do yoga and meditate and eat rice and beans and cook out of it and and living a very minimalist experience and everybody in his life was saying dude you're totally crazy that terrifies me please be careful don't get killed all the things all the fear things that come up when anybody says that they're going to do something like that and he's doing it. And he's just doing it. And he's he's doing his practice, his meditation, his yoga practice. It becomes his life and it's everything he wants. Basically, I'm not sure exactly if he had dropped out of school or he had radically rearranged his life in order to create this new lifestyle for himself. And one morning he wakes up and there's a little boy knocking on his van and he didn't know it was a little boy at the time and he's thought to himself surely they found me the cartel the banditos they found me i'm fucking dead they're gonna kill me they're gonna drag me out of my van right now he opened up the door it was this little eight-year-old boy who's knocking on the door and in spanish he said to him hey man uh my mom realized that you were staying out here would you like to come? I brought you some raw milk. And would you like to come to our little home and have a meal with us? And he just, one of those, that fear veil, one of those fear veils completely fell in that moment when he was able to go, oh, wow, I was completely terrified and thought this was surely the end. And yet, no, it was the universe, God coming to connect with me to bring me closer to community, to love, to people, to show me that there's a lot of light in the world. And that happened a couple more times. And the whole book is really this story of him surrendering to life, God, the universe in motion, 
over and over again and how it took him on this journey that he could never have possibly arranged for himself if he had been standing in the way of it. It was simply a matter of saying yes to the things that came to him as they came to him and letting go of all the fear ideas, all of the things that he thought he wanted to do, all of the th- the ways in which he believed it had to be or what should be going on and just little by little letting go of it one opportunity at a time that came to him. And it's been, it, it resonated with me in such a big way because I have found in my life and this was somewhat validated. I had a girl do a reading for me of my human design. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. Um, human design, it's another interesting archetypal blueprint of who you are, how you function, your inner mechanisms, how you show up in the world, perhaps on a soul level, somewhat like astrology or numerology. This is human design. And I believe I was categorized as a generator, which more on that in a moment. But one of the things that it talks about in my human design is that I am someone who I need the universe. I have to be invited into things for them to be successful for me in my life. I have to be invited into it. And that's an interesting idea, this idea of because some people, they create situations. They create opportunities that grow and people come into and they become really successful. However, for me, I my my relational pathway with the universe when it comes to the things that I'm supposed to be involved in or the things that are most in alignment with my life trajectory, my destiny path, are the things that I'm invited to be a part of or that the universe brings to my doorstep, essentially. And it's a really interesting thing to think about in, the, in regards to his book in particular and, and the journey that he goes on. And he goes on to start a software programming company uh, that radically changes uh, the medical billing process in, in the United States and with insurance and all of these incredible things and goes on to be a massive maybe the CEO or the president or the COO of WebMD, what would become WebMD, and just had this massive life where he was literally living out of a house that he built on this property just outside of Gainesville, Florida, in the woods, where he built a temple because his spiritual practice became, he was so devoted to his spiritual practice where they would have everyone from Muktananda and... uh Ramdas, uh, anybody you could think of, all of the great spiritual teachers of the time would come through this place to speak and to present. And every week, I, be- I believe to this day, um, they hold like group ceremony, church service, um, and doing all of this and yet creating this multi billion dollar enterprise that he was built from the ground up. He hadn't. He followed this intuitive inclination. He took a bike ride into town one day, went into a radio shack to get something, was walking out. There was the first computer ever created sitting there on sale, and it had a big like marquee advertisement around it. And he said, I don't know what that is, but I got to get that thing. And he, he bought it, took it home, and just started playing with it and creating code and programming. And this led to building this massive programming company, software company. And then later went on to write multiple best-selling books that are completely influential to anyone and everyone who is, comes into the life path, the spiritual path. And it all started just from following his insides, following the universe and listening to what came to him and what was what was provided to him, what opportunities literally came to his doorstep and somebody said, hey, we want you to do this. And he said, okay. 
And he says in there, for instance, at one point, they're starting this new community college and they need a professor. And the guy who had started the college knew for a fact that Michael Singer was the perfect candidate to head up that department to be the teacher for those students. And everything in him, he's like, all I wanted to do was meditate and do yoga all day and live in the woods out of my van. I didn't give a shit about anything. I was doing everything I could to escape reality, the world that I had come up in for so long. Meanwhile, the universe presents him with this opportunity and says, yes, which is an interesting thing, isn't it? It's an interesting thing. This idea of the things that are in complete alignment with you and your life path and feeling that tension of what you want to be doing or what feels good or what you'd rather be doing and surrendering to the universe's calling. That's a really important line to discern, to be discerning in. Because there are times in which you will find yourself in rooms, in places that are completely not in alignment with you, where you're at in your life, what you are called to be doing, which for me, this is where it gets interesting, comes in that place of me trying to will the thing to happen. When I'm willing it and doing my damnedest to make this thing come together, it it fucking falls apart. It doesn't necessarily work. It's not in flow. And yet the things that just come to my doorstep happen to just get into flow. They start to happen and move and change and shift and things grow and blossom out of that opportunity. Sometimes for a long period of time, sometimes for a short period of time, and everything has a beginning, middle, and an end. Everything comes to an end. Not everything is necessarily here forever. Friendships, jobs, what have you. So it's been this really interesting process for me over the last year. And frankly, even with the podcast, the podcast is something that there are times when I'd rather do anything but record a podcast. I'd rather be meditating, doing yoga, going on a hike, getting outside, doing something else rather than sitting down at the mic and just doing my thing, talking, whatever this is. However, I know because of the signs of the universe, there's this interesting call. People, I get messages, Eb, when's the podcast starting back up? Eb, I love the podcast. Eb, your voice, it's so necessary. Thank you for what you say. And so those are all of these little nudges, these calls from the universe to go, hey, Eb, maybe you could spend some time doing your podcast which I do love doing. I do. At the center of my being, I love podcasting. I remember there was this time in the NFL. I was loaded up on Adderall, had a massive dip in my cheek. We're in the locker room. We're talking. It's just the guys. And we're fucking immersed in this deepest conversation. I can't remember exactly what it was even about. Movies, music, culture, whatever it might have been. And I thought to myself in that moment, I want to have a job where I talk to people for a living. And that was it. Here we are. I'm doing that. I'm doing that exact thing. How interesting is that? Um, <clears throat> so more on this idea of generators. There's this woman named Dolores Cannon. Dolores Cannon. I'm not even exactly sure who she is. If you check her out on Instagram, she's got these really incredible videos of spiritual talks, I guess we could say. Um, she's taking spirituality, quantum physics, psychology, history, anthropology, all of it. And she speaks on it in such an incredible and profound way. And she was doing this talk about, she talks a lot about the soul's experience 
in a podcast I'm really interested in doing, which I'll do here shortly, is a breakdown of the book that I read recently called Journey of Souls uh, by Dr. Michael Newton. Really fascinating book. This guy's a hypnosis, uh, a hypnotherapist, and he would put people into hypnosis and he would regress them back through all of their soul's lives on the planet. It was a really fascinating book, and he would take them through the death experience and back into the soul realm and all of this stuff, and it's really incredible. It's a perspective-shifting book, and it challenges a lot of things that I had believed leading up to that moment, um, which was good. And it also, in that, which was fascinating for me, as I found my way, read my way through that book was to be challenged in my views and then to not always have my views and my perspective completely shifted, but to actually have my views and my beliefs validated through the being challenged, which was a really interesting thing. Really powerful book. I highly recommend it. Um, and I, I'll be doing a, a book review of that one here at some point. Um, so back to Dolores Cannon, she speaks a lot on the soul's journey and she talks a lot about this thing, the new earth, which some people have been, uh, a handful of people talk about somewhat regularly. I'm not, I'm not so tuned into that idea I do understand it. And for me, coming through COVID, it definitely felt as though a portion of the population stepped through some sort of portal. And other people stepped through another portal. And there is this this very evident divide in perspective, in view of the world. Some people who have chosen to double down in the illusion of material. Whatever, all of the things that that means. And others who have gone this way of total accountability of one's own life. So what that means doing everything you can to create an environment or a life in which you are as as unattached to the societal structures as you possibly can be while maintaining a sustainable life experience. So anyway, in that regard, it occurs to me that this idea of the new earth could hold a a lot of validity. Like the new earth is this idea of this new, and the earth functions at a certain vibrational frequency, which is very much influenced and connected to the vibrational frequency of humanity. If you read a book like Power Verse Force by Dr. David Hawkins, Another incredible book. If you go back through the archives, The Ebb and Flow, I've done a podcast episode on Power Verse Force. That was a very important book for me to read, especially during COVID, because it talks a lot about how the vibrational frequency of consciousness, and he's got it detailed from fear and apathy all the way to courage, love, joy, etc. Fear being the lowest, love and joy being of the highest vibrational frequencies and that you can, your consciousness functions at. And your consciousness, consciousness fluctuates. I mean, even monks who meditate 18 hours a day in the Himalayan mountains and temples are still experiencing sensations of fear, sadness, grief, etc., However, because of their life practice, they have gotten to a place where they've completely unattached themselves from the movements of human emotion, which are constantly ebbing and flowing and moving and shifting and all of that stuff. Um, So this idea of the new earth as this new vibrational frequency of the earth that essentially the idea here is that 
ideally as met, as much of the population is moving in that direction as possible. And so she talks about, she had this video recently going back to this generator idea and the idea of putting out a positive frequency. And so there are these waves of souls that come to the planet. And look, whether you believe it or not, this is interesting information to play with as you are expanding your perspective on life. I mean... It's much more than we can even ever realize. And perhaps it's a super simple experience as well. You know, perhaps we are simply organic life forms struggling to survive on a rock careening through outer space, through the eternal void, perhaps. And there's really no greater meaning to it at all. I prefer to believe that there is a greater, much higher intelligence that's guiding everything and is in all things and that we are all a part of. And there is an actual reason why the fuck we're here attempting to be better people every day. Because that's at the end of the day, it's part of the evolutionary process. It's just like this seeking of getting to God, this seeking to make ourselves higher, more functioning, better people better in our relationships. What does that mean? Better people. It's not like the more you lift weights, you become a better person. The heavier your bench press PR is, you know, the better the person you are or the more money you have, the better the person you are. No, it's about how you're showing up in your relationships. How are you engaging with the people around you that you love and that you like and that you spend your time around? Are you constantly triggered and in this reactionary mode where you're flying off the handle at the moment somebody says something that you disagree with or are you able to hold space with kindness lovingly compassionate able to engage and grow and evolve your ideas yourself your relationships etc in a way that doesn't create more chaos havoc etc So she talks about souls come in these waves and the second wave, as she calls it, are these people who are my age. They're in their 20s, 30s, some in their 40s. They're born in the 80s and the 90s and their purpose, they are generators, she called them. They're generators and essentially what they're doing here is we're here on the planet and we're just here to generate positive energy and affect all the people that we come into contact with. And that's literally all we're here to do. And she says, when she speaks to these people and she talks to them and she says, they ask her, this has been a question in my life. What am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? And when I read, when I listened to this talk that she gave in this specific clip, she said, your only purpose is to be and to put out positive energy, which is something I'm constantly coming back to. And my ego really struggles with it because I definitely want to have something to do. However, I recognize, and I've had this recognition over the last couple of days, hey man, why don't we just fucking enjoy the ride and enjoy the being and stop worrying about all the fucking doing? The doing and all of that, that low hum of anxiety that's perpetually in the air in the atmosphere of your being, for me, it's definitely tied to money. It's definitely tied to having to pay the bills, which is obviously a true true thing that needs to happen. However, me being anxious about doing the things that make me money so that I can pay the bills has never actually helped me to pay the bills. That's never actually benefited me on the journey to having money come into my account and then being able to pay bills, having that anxiety, being living in fear has never actually helped me on the way to paying the bills. Being in action helps me taking steps, being clear, being free of fear and anxiety so that I can be available to the opportunities that present themselves and or the solutions available to me that allow me to take the steps necessary so that I can pay my bills. That has always benefited me, which is 
in translation, just being, just showing up every day, being, being, being. Let me be the best version of myself I can be today. Let me focus on that and let go of what am I doing today? Coming back to, I am most in alignment with my purpose when I am following the things that I am invited to by the universe, that I am invited to by God. And what does that look like? It could be as simple as a phone call. Hey, Eb, want to go to the park? Hey, Eb, want to go on a hike? Hey, Eb, want to go speak at this school? Hey, Eb, want to teach a yoga class? Being available to the things that I get invited to. And it's an interesting dance because life has constantly got us in this push-pull, this tension of what am I doing to make money? What am I doing to be successful? What am I doing with my life? Just about every single person, at least listening to this podcast, perhaps on the planet, has felt that gut-wrenching sensation when you're with your parents or your uncles or your grandparents. You're with those, those family people. And they say, hey, what have you been up to? And if you don't have some super, super concrete response of, oh, I've been working at the so-and-so, oh, I've been doing this, there is that inevitable sense of panic, that inevitable sense of anxiety of, oh my God, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? I've been taking a lot of naps can't say that. Holy shit. I've been going to a lot of yoga classes. Uh, You know what? I've been taking a lot of mushrooms and going on walks. That's been a big thing. That's been a big thing I've been doing lately. And so what is that? What is that thing? That's some, that's some interesting cultural conditionings. That's some, that dates back way back. God, God knows how long, how far back that goes. Perhaps to the Industrial Revolution, when we really began to, and I'm that might be actually pre that. That's pre Industrial Revolution and more Agricultural Revolution, where. We started to migrate out of our hunter-gatherer existence and started to set up shop as farmers, as where the beginnings of civilization started to happen. I am just started watching the show Vikings. I'm doing research for a book that I'm writing. And I started watching the show Vikings. I know I'm way late to the... To the uh, to the start there. I was looking at that. That show started in 2013. It's a fantastic show. It's fucking incredibly intense. I mean, just to think about the sheer, the sheer truth of what our reality is like today compared to what they were doing then. This show takes place in the late 700s AD. Living in these little tribal communities with a chief or a lord who basically is judge, jury, and executioner. There's a very, very divinely ordered sense of law and order, um, which range from being running through a crowd and being pelted with rotten vegetables and fruits and rocks to being executed by method of your choosing. Uh, There's beheadings. There's something called eagling, which is a very intense thing that I only learned about through this show. 
And I assume because the show is produced by the History Channel that there's a lot of historical truth. But when someone does something that's dishonorable, they could be saved going to Valhalla by doing this thing called being eagled, which is basically someone takes a, a hatchet to your back and cuts your lungs out of your back and pulls them out and makes them like eagle wings. And if you don't scream on your way to your death, then you've regained your honor and your respectability on your way to Valhalla. So, you know, the idea that these are practices that are were exercised during that time for things as, you know, it's a culture that we can't even fathom with the comforts and the and the 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 gentleness that we see in much of modern civilization. It's pretty wild to think about. It was beyond the wild west and that in itself was very much similar. A lot of violence, very much a warrior culture, very much everything was attached to these raids where they would go essentially and rape and pillage and destroy communities and come back with the booty, the treasure, the 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 rewards from their conquest. And just watching this show and thinking about how far we've come in that regard. And I was talking about this show for a very specific reason that wasn't this that I've lost. Talking about the agricultural and agricultural revolution. Oh yeah, yeah. This idea of your value is in what you're doing. Where does that come from? And perhaps it was around them. Perhaps it was... And then it was essentially tied to how much are you providing for your community, for your society, for your Lord, for your brothers and sisters? What type of food were you providing? What type of riches were you providing, etc.? Something that also really strikes me about that time of life is how deeply connected to spirit and God these people were. Everything in their life was about the gods, appeasing the gods. Are the gods angry with me? Is this ordained by the gods? This mission I'm about to go on, is this divinely ordained or is this going to basically send me to hell or send me to some existence and purgatory where I'll be suffering for the for eternity and so much of our culture today we've completely lost this connection with God and so we're so at the whim of our mind of culture etc and that's why we feel so that pang of anxiety when a, a deemed whether we deem them or not a subconsciously deemed authority or elder figure comes to us and asks us what we're doing with our time lately. If you're connected to God and you're moving from source and you're not tied to the fruits of your labor as this coming back to this incredible little poem here, if you're not tied to that and you're living exclusively from the source of you, which in this day and age, I guarantee you, living from your source, living in your purpose, living connected to God and and taking the actions that you are moved to take through some divine influence, it's going to lead you to living a sustainable life. It's going to lead you towards making income because that's part of the fabric of this existence is being able to provide for yourself and your family, being able to feed mouths, being able to get shelter and clothing, etc. It's all part of the fabric of this existence that we live in. So 
why wouldn't your divine purpose, the life of your, your life in divine alignment, why would that not be included with generating income that sustains you and your loved ones? Something to think about and something for me of constantly coming back to faith, having faith. God will take me there. I'm visualizing being able to sustain myself and my loved ones. I'm visualizing that every day. I'm thinking about that. I'm seeing that. I'm feeling that. I'm recognizing that. I'm knowing that. So why wouldn't that perpetuate? Because your reality is simply a projection of your perception. It's what you believe your life is. It's what you believe it is. If you constantly believe that there's not enough money, that you're living in scarcity, However, there's something in you, there's something in you because every time at the end of the month you get that money that allows you to pay the bills and you go, oh, oh, we made it, we made it, fuck, we made it. By the skin of our teeth, we fucking made it. And every month you're thinking that to yourself. And every month you find yourself in that dire situation where you're going, dude, we're fucked. We're totally fucked. I'm out, I'm out, it's done. I'm gonna be on the streets. You bring yourself to the edge and then the universe gives you that little, eh, no, there's the check. That money came through that you, you, that was what you forgot about that money and it came to you and you got it. You had the opportunity to pay your bills or whatever it might be. If you're living that, recognize that that's a cycle. That's a cycle that you are perpetuating. Now, what if you shift that? And that's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to go, I dream of fucking Porsches and pools and drinks and trips to Vegas and whatever the fuck it is. You start dreaming of that and visualizing that. That's great. Have that. Visualize that. See that. Know that. Taste that. Smell that. What does it feel like? When you're drinking a cup of coffee in that reality, what does that feel like? What is that action like? How does that cup feel in your hand? Visualize what your bank account looks like. All of that stuff. Visualize it. Know it. Feel it in your body and hold that sensation. It might not happen overnight. But you keep doing that one day at a time, day in, day out. The universe goes, hey, he's he's really abundant and prosperous and he believes it and he knows it. And it's just what he's emanating. Okay, let's start to fuel that. Let's start to fuel that. Okay, universe, let's go. Move, action. Here we go. Every cell, because every single one of your cells is tied to every single one of the cells, the the fucking microcosmic universe is all interconnected. It's all divinely woven and it's all speaking to each other constantly. So every fucking thought that you think it matters, every single thought, every single word that you speak, it matters. Every action that you take, it matters. It's mind blowing to me when I walk out here, I live in this beautiful apartment complex. I walk out here and there'll just be like trash fucking thrown all over the parking lot or all over a grassy area or like somebody's fucking panties are just like thrown on the street. I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? How could you be so asleep that you don't recognize that this is unacceptable? This is an unacceptable way to treat not only yourself, but this planet. Because it's also about how you treat yourself. If you're somebody who believes that I'll just throw a fucking bag of trash on the street, throw it on the sidewalk, fuck it, doesn't matter. That's how you treat yourself. That's how you treat your entire life. So if that's how you're living, those are the actions that you're taking. That's the life that you're building. The choices that you're making are coming out of that place. That's where your life is going to lead. So when the things keep not working out for you or whatever it might be, the things keep falling apart and you keep going, it always falls apart. What's your belief around that? You believe that it's going to fall apart. So subconsciously, you actually take actions that lead it to falling apart. You create that that reality. Whether you like to know, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you believe that or not, that's what you are doing subconsciously. Because you hold that belief that it's going to fall apart. So you actually... The words that come out of your mouth, the actions that you take, lead it to falling apart, leading to lead you to creating that reality where it falls apart. So what's the solution? Be accountable for the fucking thoughts that you think and the words that you speak and the actions that you take. Be accountable for that. 
If you are always moving from, it's going to be fucking great. Today is a great day. It's a fucking blessing to be alive. What can I do today to perpetuate that? Not even that. You don't even have to think about it. Because when you just simply believe and recognize that this life is an absolute gift, every word that you speak and every action you take supports that. And yes, the thoughts will still arise. Because wherever you come from, inevitably you've encountered darkness, naysayers, negativity, authority, trying to people trying to tell you how it's got to be, what it's got to do, what you what it's supposed to look like, all of that stuff. Inevitably, you've encountered that in your life, and that gets programmed in there somewhere. Your subconscious is always listening, especially when we're little kids. We're so malleable. We're so influential. We're so or we're so influenced we're so easily influenced and we're so we're just like a sponge we're soaking up everything all of this information because we're learning how to be in this world whether we know it or not we're learning how to be in this world we're learning how to show up so inevitably there will be some thoughts there will be some shit your consciousness encapsulates the entire scope of human experience from total shit to ultimate light and strength and courage It's got both. It's got both. Both ends of the spectrum. So inevitably those things will come up. So then when those things do come up, it's on you. How do I I choose differently here? Okay, I'm having this feeling, this experience. This thing is coming up inside of me. What do I do with that? Am I going to lash out? Am I going to fuck this relationship up? Am I going to burn this bridge? Am I going to throw the plate? Am I going to kick my dog, what am I going to do? Or am I going to take a breath and go for a walk? Do something different. Make myself a healthy meal. Go get a workout and drink a cup of tea. Take some deep breaths. And then, whoa, there's a new way to do it. There's a new way to be. If there's anything I'm interested in doing, there's anything I'm interested in doing. And, I, and I'm and i only doing this, I, I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. I don't know what I'm doing other than being feeling compelled to, to share. This wasn't at all planned. If there's anything I'm interested in doing, it's in showing whoever is able to hear, whoever is able to see from my experience that it is possible to go from utter darkness and chaos to complete fucking love and joy and that life is beautiful and that you have the power. It's in you. The power is in you. The only difference, people sometimes ask me like, Ed, how do you do all this? What do you do? How do you do it? Every fucking time, every single motivational speaker Every single fucking powerhouse individual that I've ever witnessed, whether it's through TV or movies or documentaries or coming into contact with in person, every time someone says, suggests something or has some sort of tool, breath work, affirmations, prayer, exercise, I just start doing that shit. This is my life. This is my practice. What the fuck else am I going to do? There's no better time to do breath work. If you have a moment right here, right now, do some breath work. Do meditation. Go get an extra, go get a workout and do that thing. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Just start doing it right here, right now. Start today. It's nine o'clock at night. You're loaded with energy. You feel like you need to be going to bed. You're loaded with energy. You don't know what to do. You're jumping around your living room. Go get a workout in. Go get a workout in. Go do some breath work. Go do some yoga. Go take a walk. Go for a run. Those late night runs, they can be a powerful experience. Be safe. Take care of yourself, obviously. You have the power right here, right now. You are fucking infinite. You are fucking unstoppable. I heard this thing Tony Robbins said one time. He said when he was young, and he was just like building himself up, he said he would pace around his living room chanting to himself, I am fucking unstoppable. 
I am fucking unstoppable. I am fucking unstoppable. And he would say that walking around his fucking apartment in Venice or wherever he lived, he'd be saying it walking around until he worked himself into an utter frenzy and he'd fucking run out his door and go for like a two hour run. Why not? Get crazy. Be fucking weird. Do the thing, man. Do the thing that just fucking lights you up. It's calling right here, right now. There's something inside you saying, let's do that thing because that feels fucking exciting. Do it. Do it. And do it just for that. Over and over again. Just keep doing that. Keep following that. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. If we can tune into the idea of making things and sharing them without being attached to the outcome, the work is more likely to arrive in its truest form. It's brilliant. How about everything in your life? Just do it because it's the only thing to be done. Whether it's work or personal. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. Thank you for everything. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.